usual 7.30 feature when we check in live on the phone with R.W. Estella. Good morning, R.W. Hey, good morning, Allison. Before getting to today's narrative, we should probably make mention of a few distinctive historical details relative to today's date. On the 21st of April, 1865, Abraham Lincoln's funeral train left Washington for its journey through America. On this date in 1898, the Spanish-American War began. Sixty years ago on this date in 1948, the first Polaroid camera was sold in the United States. And on this date, Elvis Presley's first hit record, Heartbreak Hotel, became number one in 1953. And the Beatles met the Rolling Stones for the first time in 1963. And today, 11 years after they were launched in 1997, the ashes of Timothy Leary and Gene Roddenberry presumably continue to orbit the Earth. Beyond the 21st of April being the 82nd birthday of Elizabeth II, the Queen of England, three birthdays in particular caught my attention for today. That of naturalist John Muir in 1838, that of the first buffalo born in San Francisco's Golden Gate State Park in 1892, and that of Edna Parker, born the next year in 1893 in Shelbyville, Indiana, who at 115 years of age is now the oldest known person in the world. According to centenary experts, Edna possesses the three most important traits necessary for making it well past the 100-year mark. She manages stress better than most people, which to a great extent depends on not dwelling on stressful events. She has healthy habits, and she's got good genes. Except for the past 15 years that she's lived at a convalescent center in Shelbyville, Edna has done a lifetime of chores on the family farm which she lived alone at for 70 years after her husband died in 1938. Edna's age is a little more than twice mine, and she thought of possibly living through again as many lifetimes as I feel I already have. is indeed sobering. Of her three most important traits, not dwelling on stressful events, healthy living, and good genes, how many are part of my life? Taken in reverse order, I hold a few shares in the good genes stock. I have in the majority, but not always achieved, healthy living, and I am really putting a lot of effort into not dwelling on stressful events. A few days ago, for example, I had resigned myself to the probability that I would not be participating in the 42nd Annual Kanduska Extreme Race. My regular partner was on an assignment out of town, and none of my previous partners was available, either due to illness or injury. I started trying to console myself that at least I'd be able to do my usual swimming early in the day at the local indoor pool, and I was also scheduled to do an aerial photo shoot later in the afternoon. Then the phone rang. On the other end of the line was a woman who had heard from her Old Town YMCA personal trainer, Pete, who had heard from one of my Old Town Y Aikido students, Josh, that I was still looking for a partner for Saturday's race. She had already registered, initially thinking that she would be kayaking solo. But being as it would be the first Kanduske for her, she thought, she rethought her intentions, figuring she might have a better time in a canoe with someone who was familiar with the course. My student Josh had told her, train her. My student Josh had told her trainer Pete that this would be my 13th Kanduskeg, and she felt good about that. She told me that over the years she had been a canoe instructor at a couple of children's camps. I told her my brothers were to put her in what the Penobscots referred to as the place of honor, the bow. She casually volunteered her height and weight. I guess to clarify that she wouldn't be an ungainly fixture in the delicate prow of the boat. And then she told me what I really wanted to hear, that she had good balance. All this before she told me her name, Heather America. 
When I arrived at Bangor Parks and Recreation to register us, the clerk took out Heather's registration for the kayak class to transfer the personal information. And then, apparently unable to contain herself any longer, asked, I presume Heather will be in the bow and you'll be in the stern of your watercraft? Sure, I replied. Then you'll be wearing tights and a cape? She ventured, breaking into a grin. Well, at least my neoprene togs, I responded, playing along while she finished up doing her clerical thing with the form. Okay, Captain America, she laughed. Good luck on Saturday. Friday, the day before the race, we did a little paddling on the still water just to get acquainted. I was impressed from the moment we launched when on her own she immediately got comfortable with her knees on the floor of the canoe. The next morning things continued smoothly, despite her previously never having done any whitewater. We had a set of swells try to throw us during the final right-hand jog in the stream on the approach to Six Mile Falls, but she hung in there just fine. And a moment later we ran the falls splendidly. Near the end of the course, the infamous strainer known as the shopping cart also tried to nab us, but to no avail. Miss America in the bow knew which way to lean to keep from having us tip over. Paddling through the canal at the Kanduska Extreme follows on its way into downtown Bangor. I thought about our performance, which had far exceeded anything I'd hoped for, and we had attained my intended goal. We had finished dry and relatively stress-free, my favorite status. From Orono, Maine, have a great day.